Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. taking notes today this title is so easy it's so easy here it is just write this down in your notes there you should be taking notes in church if you take out your phone and and do notes on your phone if you take out a pad and paper go ahead and do that but basically today's message is titled honor honor that's it h-o-n-o-r honor there's nothing clever like we always do there's nothing catchy right after it it's just honor okay just honor and i think you'll see why in a moment and um, I think it's such a, 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 I think it's just a fitting word for this weekend too, being that it's Memorial Day tomorrow and Memorial Weekend. And you know, Memorial Day, I don't know if any of you guys um, got the definition of what Memorial Day stands for, but in case you don't, in case you haven't, it's basically honoring the men and women who died serving the United States. I think, I think that's worthy of some honor. I think sometimes we go on in business that we forget about some very important things. And there are men that are serving us and women that are serving us in this country and all around the world. And they're, gonna, and they're willing to lay down their lives. Um, and, 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 and we have a, a life here that, that we're not out there in battle. Some of you guys do serve and have served. But we do have to pause and honor those that have died serving the United States. Amen. When you look at honor, it means to have high respect, esteem. It's also a privilege. You hear someone say, well, it's an honor for me to be here. It's an honor for me to speak to you. But it's a high respect, it's esteem. And, and that's what Memorial Day is all about. I know today and tomorrow and maybe it already started yesterday and Friday. You've had your burgers and your hot dogs and your fries and your pool parties and all that. But don't forget the weightier matter, which is those who have served and died Served our country, amen. So, 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 just remember that. Maybe you know a family member, and maybe you know of someone. You could, um, you could just go ahead and honor them, and, and that would be a special moment. Just not forget that. But as I was thinking about honor, honor is a funny thing, because in this world, it's it's the reason why I say it's funny is because many desire to be honored and respected, but they themselves don't pay the proper respect that that needs to be given. I, at least that's kind of what I visualize in this world that we live in today. Everyone wants to be respected. Everyone wants to be honored. But don't ask them to give the respect that's needed. The reason why, I believe, is because we live in a tolerant society. And I'll explain to you what that means. We live in a tolerant society, and we've called it respect. We live in a tolerant society, and we've called it respect one another. And that's what we've done in this great country of ours. And that's what we've done with this word honor and with respect. We, we tolerate all kinds of sin. And we tolerate all kinds of ways of thinking and living. And if you don't agree with someone's ideology, for example, if you don't agree with my view on gender transformation or the broad differences of religious faiths or the sanctity of marriage, and that's just to name a few of the popular things, and if you just try to speak against it or differ from it, then you're called a bigot. You're called a right-wing extremist, or what they call in the political world a wingnut. Or a religious fanatic, you're misunderstood of the times, you're an insensitive lunatic. These are all words I've heard on the, in the media. I'm not making these things up. 
But let me say something as we get into this message. We, we are allowed to disagree. Amen. We are allowed to share our views and differences and speak Bible truth. Amen. In whatever circle of conversation we are in. Don't let this world for once shut your mouth because they're saying that it's political correct for you to stay quiet when you hold the truth of God's word in your mouth. There's a difference between speaking truth and disrespecting. There's a difference between I disagree with you and you know what, you're just an idiot. There's, there's a difference between disrespect and, and disagreeing. And we're allowed to do that. that. That doesn't mean that we're disrespectful, but, but it does mean we disagree. It's the manner in how you show and voice your disagreements, whether you're disrespecting or not. You know, I was thinking about this as I was, I was doing my message, and I said, man, you know, if Satan just, like, shows up and pops up in, my, in front of me just to kind of get a little extreme there, and he rises against me and he starts to accuse me, Satan, yeah, Satan himself, however you picture him. And I'm not just going to stand there and, and, and take his false accusations because I'm called to respect, you know? I'm not going to just hear him and be like, oh, yeah, I have to respect. See, no, we're, we're going to fight back. If, if, if he appears, we fight back. We fight back in the truth. We, we raise the standard of God's word. Amen. We confront all false with the power of his truth. Amen. And I'm not going to just sit back and when falsehood and when evil stands before me, just stay quiet and call it respect. No, I'm going to speak because, yes, I am going to respect the powers that be, but the greatest power that I first and we first respect and we first give honor to, it's none other than our Lord, our Savior, our Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to share a quick verse, and it's in Matthew chapter 11, 12. And I don't really want to get deep into this because I want to mention this verse as we start our new series, Paradise, next week. But as Jesus is speaking to the group around him, he, he says just this. I don't want to get into Matthew 11, but just one verse for right now. He says this, and from the days of John the Baptist, if you know me close and you've been here long enough, you know that this is one of my favorite verses. And since the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. It's, it's a powerful verse. And we will discuss this more starting next week. But, but since, you got to understand what Jesus is saying here. That since the gospel, but since the gospel of Christ has began to be preached, there, there has been some that have risen up to the call. And they've pursued the kingdom of heaven with strength and with forth, force, is what Jesus is saying here. Like, look at the words that Jesus says. The, he, the, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. There, there are individuals who have risen up to the call, and they're pursuing. They're pursuing the kingdom of heaven, and they're pursuing it with the strength that God's given them. They're pursuing it with force. And, and I wrote this down. Don't confuse that as harsh or as disrespectful. What Jesus says in, in Matthew eleven twelve. 12. The, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Force. There, there is a gospel, there is a kingdom that we represent and we are making known. And we pursue it with great strength and with great force. Like, like, like we don't stay here. We're on our way somewhere. We're pursuing that thing and we want to take as many people with us. So let's go. And we pursue it with strength and with force. That, that's, that's the mentality behind what Jesus was, was sharing in Matthew 11. It's not disrespect. It's honor. I want you to understand that it's, it's honor in that verse. That we honor the gospel and the kingdom too much. Everyone say too much. 
Yeah, to allow someone else to trample over what we believe in. I honor God's kingdom and God's word so much that there's no way that I could stand that long before you allowing you to trample that which I honor. It's like you going to my house and disrespecting my wife and me just taking it and taking it and taking it. There's going to be a moment where something is going to happen because the disrespect just goes so far. I'm not going to disrespect you back, but I am going to take it by force and by strength. The kingdom of God is suffering. The word of God is suffering, but the, but the violent take it by. We're pursuing something that we honor. The people that say, well, I'm going to get to the kingdom of God, but they live on earth without a, a forceful and strength pursue, it's because they don't honor it. But have a sit-down conversation with someone that honors the kingdom. Have a sit-down conversation with someone that honors the word of God. You'll see they're walking this walk with force and with strength because, because they're pursuing the kingdom of God. Are you guys with me? Yes. Honor. Honor. Let it drive you. Honor, let it push you. Honor. So, so with that, I believe this. I, I believe that it's a lack of honor. It's a lack of respect. It's due to a, to a lack of truth or I like to say it this way, a lack of knowledge. I'm trying to think what I should say next, but I think I'm going to go straight to Hosea chapter 4. And the reason why I want to go to Hosea chapter 4, because the prophet Hosea, he passes down a message. And, and I really, I want you to get this because you see, you might look at this passage that I'm about to read and it's in the Bible and it's Hosea. Maybe you never heard of him and maybe you're like, okay, this is kind of ancient. What does it have to do with me? But what I want to do with you guys is I want to read just, just a few verses in, in Hosea chapter 4. And the reason why, why I feel it's so important is because this message was given to the prophet Hosea. And the reason why it was given to Hosea is now he was going to pass it down to the Israelites. It was a message from God to the Israelites in a time in which they were, were living. Uh, that is similar to the times in which we are currently living in. Maybe if I read it, you'll come in agreement with me. Let's read verses 1 through 6. And, and, and you're going to be like, you're going to start nodding your head probably right from the beginning. And you tell me... If Hosea's days, if the Israelites in his days sound a little bit like our days here in our nation. Just flow with me. It says, verse 1, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord has brought charges against you. And he has said, there is no faithfulness, there is no kindness, there is no knowledge of God in your land. I mean, just this week, right, Fox News and CNN, whatever your news provider is, was just blowing up your phones and your TVs. Concert blast, many killed. Something else happened in Egypt again. I mean, it was just like bam, 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 one after another this week. So the Lord brings some charges. There is no faithfulness, no kindness. Sounds like our world today. There is no knowledge of God in your land. You make vows and you break them. And, and you kill and you steal and you commit adultery. There is violence everywhere. One murder after another. That is why your land is mourning and everyone is wasting away. Even the wild animals, the birds of the sky, and the fish of the sea are disappearing. Verse 4, don't point your finger at someone else and try to pass the blame. My complaint, you priest, is with you. I'm going to pause there for a moment because, yes, he is talking to the Old Testament priest. But what's beautiful is in the New Testament, Peter tells us that now we are the priesthood. Yeah. 
that we are the, the royal people, the chosen generation. The priest is us, the church, the body of Christ. We're the priest. And it's funny because when I read this to myself, I said, oh, it sounds like Hosea is talking to me. Priest, church, you're the reason I'm going to blame today. My complaint, you priest, it's with you. So you will stumble in broad daylight and your false prophets will fall with you in the night. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me since you priests refuse to know me. The new King James says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you've rejected knowledge and I also will reject you. I refuse to recognize you as my priest since you have forgotten the laws of your God. I will forget to bless your children. So this is not just going to affect you. Do you understand that every decision you make, he's telling you, is going to affect the children that come after you. The next generation. So when you read verses 1 through 6 of Hosea 4, at least I do, man, right off the bat, I see a lack of honor. Look at some of the things that, that he's saying here. There is no faithfulness. There is no kindness. There is no knowledge of God in your land. You break your promises. You kill. You steal. You commit adultery. There is violence everywhere. One murder after another. This is why our land is mourning. Everyone is wasting away. Sounds so familiar. At least to me it does. And, and then he goes on to say this. Everything that I just listed, it's all because of lack of knowledge. We've rejected knowledge. That, that when there is no truth living in the heart of man, then what we see is dishonor, disrespect, evil, self-seeking, self-willed, pleasure-seeking, sin, swallowing up humanity. You guys are with me? And that's what Hosea was saying. So, so I'm reading Hosea chapter 4, and I know I'm going to preach this to you today. And this is what I wrote in all caps on my notes. Ready? The church has a great call in today's world. And what's the call? Everyone say, what's the call? Yeah, the call is to live with great honor. The call is to live with great honor. What do you mean by that? that? That when we live with honor, that we can look at it as a privilege to live in such a time to show great honor and worthiness to the one who is deserving of it all. Imagine living before family and friends and co-workers totally different than the rest of this world lives. What is it with you? With me, it's that I honor the one and true and living God and I honor the kingdom that I represent. I got a place I'm going to. This is a great message to enter into our new series, Paradise. It's a great message to enter into our, 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 our new series. We, we honor the kingdom. I, I, no, no, it's a dumb story about when I used to um, um, work in a medical equipment company and I used to deliver wheelchairs and beds. And I show up to a guy's house and I knock. I guess I should tell you, sorry, we went this far. And um, so I knocked and he says, come in. I, if, some of my friends here, I've already shared this story because if you know me, you know there's one thing that I despise with all my heart. There's one question that I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven. And it's going to be like, why? Why roaches, right? <laughs> so, so, I op- <laughs> so I open the door and, and he, he says, come in. And it's a little apartment. So I open the door. When I open the door, I saw... You know, a, a man with a, with, a, with a tube in his nose, uh, 
he had a oxygen, giving him the oxygen, uh, a tank that was giving him the oxygen that he needed. And he was laying on his bed. He couldn't even move. And all over, I couldn't even see his floor. I couldn't, everything was just garbage and McDonald's wrappers and everything was just filled with stuff. And as I opened the door, I, I, I remember that, that, I'm sorry, this is Memorial Weekend, but, but I remember that there was just roaches everywhere on the walls crawling on him. Okay, now let's get back to the word. So, so I, when I went in there, I remember I, he said, just drop it off in here. I said, you're crazy. I'm not going in. I called my boss. I said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not walking into this man's apartment. You know, so something happened to him, right, that he lost the honor of his abode. He, he lost the honor and where he dwells in. I, I don't know. I feel like, hey, you've, you, you've dishonored your home. You've dishonored where you live. And, and I was just thinking about that as I was getting into this message because my mind goes all over the place. You're lucky you're not me. But, but I thought about that and I said, I, I, wonder, I wonder how many of us live like that, that we proclaim we honor such a Christ and such a kingdom, but yet if you take a deep search deep into our soul, we got roaches crawling all up on us. Okay, that's disgusting, but <laughs> today's message is ta- called honor slash roaches. No. But back to my church has a great call in today's world, you know. That we would hold this kingdom that I keep talking about, this gospel, this Christ, his word, to such high esteem. And giving it the respect it holds in a, in a society, listen to what I'm telling you today, in a society that has turned, turned, turned away from it and even worse, turned against it. Either they've committed apostasy or, or, or they're just going towards it as enemies. We've come far from true honor. We, we speak of those who have died in their service for the United States as we open up. But do we really stop to honor and pay respect to be filled with gratitude for those who have died serving our country? And, and many of us could probably admit, no, we don't. And think about this for a moment. Maybe for some of us, it's so hard for us to do it before the Lord because we don't even do it here in the land on earth. So I ask to the church before the Lord, do we stop, do we honor, do we worship, do we respect, do we have reverence? Are we filled with gratitude before our Lord? Because we, the church, the bride of Christ, have the opportunity to display something that is, that is, that is desperately uh, disappearing. And it's disappearing quickly in our world, and that is to live with great honor. You know, I purposely... Um, pray every single night with my son. I said, all right, ready? We got to pray. After we're done saying our, our, our books and all that stuff, we say a prayer. And then after we're saying a prayer, we repeat another prayer together. It's weird. And we say this, ready? Say it with me, son. Lord, give me. And he says, Lord, give me all the wisdom, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the, all the understanding, all this, for each day, for each day. And he repeats after me. And we say those three things. Lord, give me wisdom, understanding, and knowledge for each day. And the reason why I say that to my son every single night before going to bed is because Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4 says, Through wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all pleasant and precious riches. So let me put it simply to you. What is he really saying here? Knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. Knowledge is, if you're taking notes, the facts. So go back to the verse. Ready? By knowledge, the rooms are filled. By the facts, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Everyone say understanding. Understanding Understanding is the ability to translate the meaning from the facts. So you've been given knowledge, but do you have understanding of the knowledge that God's given you? What is understanding? It's, it's the ability now to translate the meaning of that knowledge, of the facts that were just given to you. Everyone say wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, here's what we lack. 
Here's what our world lacks, right? There's a lot of knowledge everywhere. There's a lot of understanding, I'm guessing, in a lot of places. Scientists are doing some crazy things. But, 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 but wisdom now is knowing what to do next. Wisdom is now given an understanding of the facts and circumstances. What do I do now? How do I do it? I'm going to share a quote from Charles Spurgeon. And he says this, and I'm going to wrap this into honor. He says, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Did you catch that? To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are the greater fools for it. There's a lot of knowledgeable people out there. But, but the more knowledge they have, the greater fools, he says, they are. Because there is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. You see, we have this knowledge. And now that, that we have this knowledge, that we would have the ability now, understanding, right, to take in the meaning of that knowledge. That's called what? Understanding. And the result of having knowledge and knowing the meaning behind that knowledge, understanding, the result now is to live a life in wisdom, knowing what to do and what to do next. And that's what Hosea was telling the Israelites that they were far from in their day. That's what we, I believe, are far from from our day. That we believers, followers of Christ, we have something to hold, something of great value, something that is priceless. But let us execute knowledge and understanding and wisdom and hold up the honor and the respect that the world has lost. So, so how, how can I honor what will grow in wisdom? How do I grow in wisdom? You've been given, you've been given the knowledge. You've been given the knowledge so that wisdom can grow. But, but a lot of times people, as knowledge is being poured in, they don't go through the next step, which is understanding. Do you understand the knowledge that is being poured in? And through the knowledge and the process of understanding, it produces a wise life. A life of wisdom. And if you live a life of wisdom, then you live a life of honor. Because true wisdom would take you on a journey and give you a gut check and say, does your walk honor God? True wisdom. True wisdom. There's people call other things wisdom, but true wisdom. And there may be a lack of honor or respect that is missing, missing but, but there is a special people in this world that are called to hold the standard high and to give honor where honor is due. Even if we are misunderstood, Despised, hated, rejected, mocked. What do we do? We give in? We hide? We run? What do we do? We persevere. We walk, we live, we talk, we decide, we commune in honor, recognizing it as a privilege to hold to a respect and reverence in which the world has spit on and defied with every drop of their existence. That we live with honor. That the children of God are called to be children of honor. That we are made in his image. How many of you believe the Bible when it says you're made in his image and his likeness? You know, we, we preach that. I'm wondering how many of us believe that because, because there is no greater honorable being than our Lord. So, so now we carry ourselves with greater honor and with more respect and with higher esteem. 
living this life daily as a privilege to now demonstrate God's love to a broken world. And to infiltrate the spaces that we live in, the spaces that we occupy, that now we infiltrate them with the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of those spaces would never have Christ in them until you walk into them and now the presence of God is in it. If you live in honor, every space all across this county would be touched by the presence of God because we're all touching different parts of this world, different parts of this county, and I'm telling you, everyone will not come to know who new life is, but everyone will come to know who Jesus Christ is. That's what's important. That's... That's what should be heavy. That's, that honor is what should be driving us. In Matthew 5, write these verses down, verses 13 through 16. If you don't believe me, Jesus tells his followers what? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light shine so before men that they may see your good works huh? and glorify your Father in heaven. You, you're it. I mean, when you read Matthew 5, what, what do you think Jesus is saying in this passage? I come to one conclusion, and that is this. Jesus is saying to the church, he's saying to his followers, live with honor. The reason being is so that the world would see it through you. Live with honor. Why, why, does, God, why does God call you to live with honor so that the world can see it through you? Because you're made in his image. You're made in his likeness. It's very easy for God just to show up and everyone bow down. There, there is no other option when God shows up. When he shows up, everyone needs to bow down and confess that he is Lord. And everyone needs to fall on their faces because the Bible says that no man can see the face of God and live. So what does God say? He says, I made them into my image and in my likeness because if man sees me before they're glorified, they'll die. So go, go with honor and transform the world. You see, you're made in his image and his likeness. So what does that mean? You're the salt. You're the light. You're the one that, that lives in this manner so that the world would see it. In Luke 16, Jesus is, sh is sharing some parables, right? And as he's sharing some teachings and some parables, he shares on money. Jesus shares a lot, actually, on money. He, he actually shares more on money to his followers more than I do as a pastor to our church. So I, I, need, to, I need to fix my, my, uh, my money preachings up because I'm not reaching Jesus' standards. All right, that's another joke for a whole other day. Here it is. And as he's sharing a parable on money, I want to catch verse 14 and 15. For sake of time, I can't get into the whole chapter and the context of it. But in 14 and 15, he goes on to say to the Pharisees this. Ready? The Pharisees who, who dearly loved their money <clears throat> heard all of this that Jesus was teaching. And they began to scoff. Another word for scoff is they begin to ridicule him. Verse 15 says... Then Jesus says to them, you like to appear righteous in public. You know anyone like that? They, they, they're, they're godly and they're holy when they need to be. Check. But where are you the rest of the time? Right? You, you appear to be holy and righteous. Right. But you don't know a lick about the word of God or a lick about Jesus. Like when's the last time you got into the presence of God? Well, I came from a very religious family. And that's not going to take you anywhere. You, you seem to be religious. You seem to be religious. And, 
and to be righteous in public. But look what he says next. But God knows your heart. I wonder if this is speaking to anyone yet. Look what I underlined this in my notes. He says this. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. That's, that's harsh, man. That's disrespectful. That's dishonorable. Someone should have said, no, it's not. No, it's not. What this world honors is, is detestable. You know, another translation says it this way. It's an abomination. It's, it's an abominable ab- to the Lord. That's a, that's a harsh word. See, let's get into the context of what's going on here. Ready? These were Pharisees. Religious leaders who appeared righteous. But the problem with them was they forced it upon people to honor them. And Jesus tells them that you might be fooling the world, but God knows your true heart. And remember this, as the world honors you, remember this, that what the world honors before God, it's detestable. Like, don't walk around here and say, do you see how the world honors me? Because God is not moved by it, not once. You know those, no, but you know what I'm talking about. He's basically telling them, you have a high position and, and people look unto you and, and you are esteemed. And wherever you go, you receive great treatment. You are looked upon for, for political and economical and social and, and religious counsel. But, I mean, I mean, really, when you walk into a room... Pharisees, you are honored. But the truth is, what this world honors, it is detestable before God and before the sight of God. What, what you do and what, you have, what you've become, Pharisees, is sickening. It is detestable in the sight of God. Pharisees, what you hold and what you have, you might think it is, but it's not true honor. And I have to point it out to you. I, have to, I need to make sure you understand that. Because they walked around knowing a whole lot. They had a lot of knowledge. But they lacked in a lot of wisdom. Because the knowledge wasn't taken through a process of understanding that caused them to walk a life of wisdom that brought them to a gut check of, I'm going to walk now and live in honor. And that's where the Pharisees were. And that's what Jesus needed to confront. It reminds me of Isaiah chapter 29. When the prophet Isaiah says this about the people. Therefore, the Lord says, inasmuch as these people draw near with me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but they remove their hearts far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the commandments of men. Can we change that? Their fear towards me is taught by the, religious of men, by the religions of men. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's deep there, you know. I mean, we, we go to Israel and, and we go and we pray at the Western Wall. But, but listen to me. The power is not in the Western Wall when we go pray and we go to put a little paper in there. Don't ever get that confused. The power is, is the Spirit of God living in you. And does he intercede for you? Is Jesus sitting on his throne interceding for you because you know him and he knows you? Like, like I want you to understand some of this passage here because here are a people that, that they speak and they cry out but they remove their hearts from God and their fear is taught by religion and by the commandments and by the rules of men. So therefore, behold, everyone say this, I will again. I think I'm, we're going to sing a song, do it again at the end of this message. But, but I will again do a marvelous work. 
there's a people that have gone off. There's a, a people who have gone astray. But I will again. I will do it again. A marvelous work among these people. A marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of the wise men shall perish. And the understanding of the prudent men shall be hidden. I mean, listen to the words of Isaiah. He, he's calling out a people that, that lived a life, but yet they were so far from God. And, and I started to think about what God looks at when he looks at honor and honorable people. And, you know, I started to think about this, and there's so many verses and so many passages. We would have been here for hours. But honorable people are not liars. Honorable people are not gossipers. That's tied to lying. And then it's taken to an extreme. Honorable people are not cheaters. Honorable people do not gain positions through wickedness. Honorable people are humble. Listen to this one. Honorable people honor others. Honorable people don't ask or, or force to be honored, but, they, but they've earned their honor. You, you know that verse in the Bible where it says when you walk into a room, don't stand in, don't sit in the front. You sit all the way in the back. Last day you sit in the front. They tell you you need to move because that's for someone greater than you. And they move you to the back and you get humiliated before everyone in the congregation. Instead, you sit in the back and let them honor you before the congregation. That they will take you by the hand and walk you to the front before everyone so that everyone can see that you are honored. Be very careful what seat you desire to sit on. Sit in the back and let them bring you forward. Don't sit in the front and let them push you to the back. Honor. Don't ask for honor. Don't be forced. Don't be forcing honor. But, but earn your honor. Can I tell you what honorable people do? This might be a little bit hard for you to swallow, but here it is. Ready? Honorable people, the Bible defines it as they lay down their lives for each other. They lay down their lives for one another. That's what honorable people do. Honorable people have been transformed by and have received an honorable God. Isaiah 29, 14, what does he say? I will do a marvelous work again. He says, I will again do a marvelous work among the people. A marvelous work and wonder. Today's message is short. I'm going to ask so you don't get distracted. Just the worship team just to start coming up here and, and taking their places. Think about that for a moment. Honor. 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 Are you an honorable person? Because you've been transformed by an honorable God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 2. And I want to end with this New Testament passage. Maybe I'll end with it. But in Hebrews 2, and I want to read all the way down. I'm going to go more into a, to a flow of this passage so you could see what the author of Hebrews is really saying here. Once you turn to Hebrews chapter 2, if you have your phones and your paper, back books and all that, say amen. Hebrews chapter 2. The author, well, I'll just read. Verse 5, I'll start in verse 5. He says, furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world that we are talking about. 
For in one place of the scriptures, it says, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Or a son of man that you, you should care for him? Verse 7, yet for a little while you made them a little lower than the angels. Look at this with me, verse 7. And you crowned them with glory and honor. Verse 8, you gave them authority over all things. That's true because I remember like when he created, well, actually, I'm not going to just end with Adam and Eve. But I'll start with Adam and Eve. When he created Adam and Eve, he says what? I've given you dominion now. Go and what? Name everything. And you have dominion over all the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, everything. You give it its name and you walk over everything. Nothing in this world should have dominion over you. Right? Adam and Eve, you're the boss. I'm the owner. You're the manager. Now do well. Be fruitful. Multiply. Subdue it. Go, go take care of the land that I've given you. Go, go, go. So Adam and Eve walk around and you, you heard me do the joke already, so I'm not going to do it again. They start naming all the animals. They start walking and having dominion over all the things of the earth. But you know what? Some sin entered the world because of man's decisions and disobedience. And God had to kind of bring forth his uh, judgment on the world. And when he brought forth his judgment, he had to redo it again. So he told Noah, make a boat. And, and I can't get into the whole story of Noah right now. He saves a, a, a certain group of people, Noah, his sons, and, and the wives. And when he opens up the door and the floodwaters have disappeared, and scientifically it's been proven that at some point this world was covered with water. The, uh, they will tell you that, and they'll tell you other reasons why it was covered with water, but we know the real reason, because God caused the flood, but whatever, let's not get into that right now. But when they start to come out of the boat, God looks upon Noah and his sons and the wives. And you know what he tells them? He tells them the same thing that he told Adam and Eve. He says, go now and subdue. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. I've given you dominion over everything. He's basically saying, I've given humanity another chance. Go ahead and, and make, make it right what, what Adam did wrong. But he called them to do the same thing. So that gives me an understanding that that's what humanity was called for. Because of the authority of God, he's given us the man, dominion over his creation. He's all authoritative. But through his authority, he's given us dominion. That's why you can walk into a room with someone who's demon-possessed. And if God allows you to do it, that demon needs to free. Let me tell you why. Because you have dominion. You have dominion. You know, animals don't control you. You know, Hollywood is, is really trying to paint a picture now with all the talking animals on TV and all that. And evolvement and all that. And trying to push your uh, humanity's involvement down the drain and, and, and the message that they preach. But the reality is we serve an all-authoritative God who's given us dominion over all things. And I, Maybe I should get back to Hebrews and... He says this, I crowned them with glory and honor and you gave them, you gave them authority over all things. And when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority yet. What do we see? We see is Jesus. For a little while, he was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, listen to this, he is now crowned with glory. He's now crowned with glory and honor. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. You catch that? And it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering 
a perfect leader fit to bring them into their salvation. Another translation says that he should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Verse 11. So now Jesus, everyone's, everyone said, I don't know, I just feel comfortable right now. When I feel comfortable, it gets weird in church. But I just want to ride for a moment. I want to ride. I just want to ride with Jesus for a moment. Because Jesus, Jesus first called us and said, come and ride with me. Come, come on this journey with me. Just jump in already. Look what he says. So now Jesus, everyone say, so now Jesus. Yes. And the ones he makes holy. We have the same father. Maybe I should just wrap this message up and preach this on Father's Day. But that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them. Everyone say us. Yeah, to call us. His brothers and sisters. For he said to the Father, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters and I will praise you amongst my assembly, amongst your assembled people. And then he also said, I will put my trust in him that is I and the children God has given me. Come on, come on, come and ride. You know, I, sh I really should have titled this message, come ride with me. That's because that's what he's doing. Because Father, I'm going to stand before your presence in eternity one day. And when I stand before your presence, Father, I'm going to say these words. I proclaim your name to all of them. And I will praise you before all of them. And I will put my trust in you. And that is not just me. That is me and all of my brothers and sisters, all the children of God. Together we're going to be a crowd. To, together we're going to roar. Like, like have you thought about this for a moment? We're going we're gonna to stand before the presence of Jesus and we're going to put our crowns on his head and there might be a moment where he tells you stand up and we're going to now worship the Father together. You and I are going to stand before the presence of Yahweh. You and I are going to stand before the presence of God and we're going to say in you, in you, in you we put our trust. We're here because of you. The children of God that you've given me Come and ride with me. Come and ride with me. I'll get to honor again. Don't worry. Verse 14. Because God's children, they're human beings. They're made of flesh and blood. Yes, you are. Touch yourself if you, if you don't believe me. You're, you're made of flesh and blood. And the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as human beings could, could he die. And, and only by dying could he... Listen, listen, because this... This is talking about you. You shouldn't get distracted. Maybe someone's distracting you right now. Say, not right now. Stop distracting me because this is important. Look what he says. Ready? And not only by dying could he break. He broke the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. I mean, 
Hebrews 2, my God. Do you believe that Hebrews 2 is, is, is describing something ordinary? Something that should cause us to live ordinary, common lives? When you read Hebrews 2, is it just like, how cute? I'm called to live ordinary and common. There is no way after you read Hebrews 2 that you don't say but one thing. After what Jesus has done for me and after what Jesus will continue to do for me, there is no way that I just don't ride with him. There is no way that I don't just live in honor. Because in verse 9 it says, He now is crowned in, in glory and in honor. And in verse 7, he talks about him crowning us with the same glory and with the same honor. Maybe I gotta read it again. One, two, three, four, five things that I felt were really striking. Number one, everyone say one. He chose to bring us into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering a perfect leader, fit to bring us into salvation. That's one. Two. Jesus is not ashamed to call you his brother and sister. That's awesome. Three. Okay, don't do it with me. He said, made me feel weird there. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your people. Four. I will put my trust in him. I and all of us that God's given me. And five only by dying could I break the power of the devil over your life and the power of death over every brother and sister of mine how can we not walk and live in honor church we live in honor because of the honor he first bestowed upon us I'm going to share this one more time. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fool for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. So Lord, as you've given us knowledge and the ability to understand, Lord, now give us wisdom. The wisdom to truly live honorable lives. That we would see it as a privilege to live in such a high calling. And I hope you've gotten what your high calling is. To live, to live with honor is your high calling to live with high esteem to to live as a privilege that i get to be called a son and daughter to live with such high respect and reverence for the one true god can we say amen as you stand with me and we close maybe you're standing here i'm gonna be a little a little youthly a little youthly and transparent feeling older maybe you're here and you're like well how do I know if I 
How do I know if I live with honor? Well, the truth is ask the closest Christian that does life with you. The truth is look through your phones and through your pictures and look through your posts and listen to your conversations and just take a self-examination and recognize recognize who you are where you stand how you live maybe today the Lord spoke to your heart maybe he's calling you today to live with such an honor with such high reverence and respect with that you look at it as a privilege that Lord that I would live with such honor because because of the kingdom that I pursue because of the word that I pursue because of the Christ that I pursue and honor is what pushes me forward I don't want to I don't want to be what the world calls honorable because in your sight that's detestable I want the world to look at me in whichever way they desire but that in your eyes you look at me as a vessel of honor that you look at me and you're proud of me with my weaknesses with my disabilities, with my own qualifications and with all of me that you would look at me and say I because of the honor given to you I receive you as honorable before me and that's all we long for so as we sing this song and, and we believe that the Lord can do it again and he can do a marvelous work and he could do a miracle in your life again. And he could cause you to walk in honor again. And he could give you the wisdom that you're praying for again. And, and maybe you're here and you're saying, I got the knowledge, but, but I need to apply the true understanding to give me true wisdom to live in such honor. And this is what we want to do. We want to spend some time in worship. And if you need prayer, come up to the front. I'll pray with you. But right there where you're standing, open up your heart. Lift up your hands. And begin to cry out to your God and say, today I'm, I, I will choose to live and, and walk with honor. And if you need prayer, come and we'll pray with you. But let's worship one last time.